0: Hey, this is Lori Hammer here, and I want to welcome you to the first season of the Take Back My Brain podcast. In this podcast, we are going to have a wide variety of amazing individuals that are going to enlighten your life they're going to bring you hope health and healing to your brain and to your physical body so this is this podcast is going to bless you emotionally physically and spiritually so i thank you for watching make sure you like and subscribe and enjoy the interview Hey everyone, welcome back to the Take Back My Brain podcast. And I am here today and I have a special treat for you. This is Dr. Rebecca Warren. She is a chiropractor. She's also a functional wellness practitioner. She has an amazing story of her own that she is gonna share with us. She specializes in thyroid, sex hormones, and in particular, she is a a specialist, which there aren't very many around, in how to recover from a thyroidectomy. So she has her own personal story that she is going to share with us and how she, with all of her own resources, because she didn't have anybody to help her, how she has come to the place where she is today. And I just want to say thank you, Rebecca, for being here. I'm so excited. How are you?
1: Good, good. I'm really excited to be here. Uh, when you reached out, I was like, heck yes, Lori, I want to be on your podcast and chat with you um, about all things else. So I'm really excited to be here and I'm doing great.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So I would love to just start out, kind of tell us your thyroid story, because I know so many of my listeners have thyroid issues. Some of them have had their thyroid removed. Some of them, uh, Hashimoto's or hyperthyroid, you know, Mm -hmm. thyroid issues are epidemic right now. So tell us your story and then let's just get into the nitty gritty.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I always start off with sharing my story, uh, when I was 16, because I had a gallbladder attack. as i was walking out of a movie theater um the pain was so severe i thought i was having a heart attack i fell to the ground i vividly you know like there's memories that are kind of traumatic to you so you have flashes of it i vividly remember how dirty the sidewalk was Hmm. because i remember laying there not caring about how dirty it was um even though it was gross because i i was scared i thought i was dying I, i thought i was having a heart attack they rushed me to the hospital they told my parents I had like a thousand stones in my gallbladder, but of wow. course it's okay. Cause they can cut it out. Right. That's the solution. <laughs> cut it out, medicate it, radiate it, you know, um, and they send us on our way. And the problem with that is that even at 16, I thought to myself, something doesn't make sense here. Right. Like I shouldn't have a gallbladder attack. I was made to have a gallbladder. Obviously something is wrong. And I thought to ask my doctor at our follow-up after my surgery and the doctor was like, yeah, no, I mean, everything's healing fine. Everything looks fine. I was like, well, no, you know, I think I need to get healthier. I think I need to lose weight. Cause at that point, all I knew about being healthy is losing weight. And he's like, okay, I'll, I'll help you with that. At the end of my appointment, he walked out of the room and gave me a Xerox. I'm aging myself there, a black and white copy (laughs) of the food pyramid. And he's like, here you go. And just sent me on my way. And I'm like, wow. Okay. Well, if my doctor's not concerned that at 16, I had this Horrible gallbladder attack, then obviously, maybe it's not that big of a deal. Right. But that is false. There's a whole, I mean, we have studies on how the gallbladder is a tip of the iceberg symptom. Yeah. And when I used to give talks like, you know, pre COVID, but, but I used to, like, there'd be 300 people in a room in my city. And I'd be like, and they came to hear me talk about thyroid. I'm like, how many of you guys have had your thyroid removed or have had a thyroid, uh, sorry, had your gallbladder removed or had a gallbladder issue? And 90% of the room would raise their hand. There is a serious connection there and we're missing it if we just cut out this organ and go on our way. But that's what happened to me. I didn't know any better. And you were just 16,
0: right? Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah. 16, losing my gallbladder. Right. So then three years later, I am driving in the car. I'm looking over my shoulder. My mom's like, oh my gosh, you have this swelling in your neck. Like it looks like there's something there. And I'm like, Oh, no, it's no big deal. Like, I feel fine. And, oh, you know, moms always know. Right. Right? Mom know. Yep. Moms know. And she pushed me um, to go get all this testing done. And I'll never forget at 19, going to the doctor's office with my mom. And I remember where we were. I was on the doctor's table. My mom was in the corner. Doctor comes in and he's like, you know, I'm sorry to tell you this, but your daughter has cancer, thyroid cancer. But the good news is if there's a cancer to have, this is the good one which but they still say that to this day. Right. Right. There's like, no good cancer. There's no freaking good cancer guys. None. Right. But apparently that's supposed to help you feel better to cut out your vital organ. Right. And, right. and then at that moment, it was as if I was disconnected from my body. Like at that point, everything became a blur. I remember like, it felt like I was watching a movie of my life. Cause I'm like, how did this happen to me? Like, how am I 19 years old with cancer? Like this, no one's telling me how this happens or why this happens or anything. Like I was fearful every day of my life because I'm like, I can't do anything. Right. Right. So, so they ended up telling me, you know, we'll get this taken care of. Of course, we're going to cut out this vital organ. We're going to give you high dose radiation. And that's, that's the reason they say it's a good cancer because they can cut out this dynamic adaptive important organ and just put you on a pill for the rest of your day. And um and then I got high dose radiation, which was probably one of the scariest, most hopeless times of my life. I had to get uh radiated iodine. Oh well, that thought
0: my dog was squeaking his yeah you. I
1: just heard that.
0: <laughs> Sorry. Oh my know.
1: gosh, it's so funny. <laughs> okay. Anyway, go okay. ahead. Sorry. Okay. Um high dose yeah, radiation. So, yes, yes. So um, in the hospital, I had to get high dose radiation. So pretty much what that looked like is I was in a gown and this nurse came to my room and she had like this modified like hazmat suit. And I remember, there's a silver tray with this like silver thing. I mean, like she was all protected. And I'm sitting there like, oh my gosh, like totally honestly, exposed. Yeah, totally. That's exactly what it was. I was totally exposed. Yeah. And I took this pill and I had to stay at the hospital. I think it was one or two nights. If I'm being completely honest again. I tried to block that part of my life out when sure. I felt like a victim. Cause I didn't want to think about what happened to me. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there you go. It was kind of weird. Um, I didn't want to think about what happened to me. So, but when I sit at the hospital, everything was covered in plastic, the bed, the phone, um, the floor, everything was covered in plastic because out of every single hole of my body, I was oozing out radiation. Right. And then they sent me on my way and that was it <laughs> that they're like, okay, you're what? all fixed Now <laughs> that's it. No, why, no, how, no, anything. And they put me on Synthroid and they sent me on my way. And I remember just kind of being fearful every day. Cause if this happened to me and there was no cause, then it's going to keep on happening. Like I had no idea what my life was going to look like at 30 or 40 or 50. And then about a year I started noticing some odd things uh, brain fog. T- talk about taking back my brain. I had brain fog at like yeah. 20 years old, like memory issues. I have all of my old notes where I constantly told my doctor, I'm nervous because I feel like I'm losing my memory. Like I can't mm-hmm. remember things, right? My right. brain was foggy. I was feeling depressed. Um, I would wake up every day, even though I was thankful. I had a great time in college, great family, everything with this, this like heaviness. I couldn't shake. And then at night, I would lay awake, like, Replaying things and worrying about things that I had no control over. Um, I started losing my period, and I would go to my doctor and I would say these things. I'm like, something doesn't feel right. I don't feel normal. And they would do my thyroid lab and they would do my lab tests, and they're like, well, everything is fine. In fact, I started doing CrossFit. I became a vegan because, of course, like, oh, you know, let me give up meat. Of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the answer. And I started, but I started using it. To be very restrictive because I wasn't losing weight and I had all these other issues. I had a doctor finally tell me, Well, you know, do you understand calories in, calories out? As if the reason why I was having all these issues is because I was eating too much. Maybe because you don't have a thyroid. Yeah, 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 exactly. Maybe it's because they weren't doing the right tests. Right. Maybe it's because they were incomplete tests. Maybe because they weren't looking at the right ranges, which is exactly what happened. I actually got into a car accident, went to a doctor, chiropractic's office. They taught me that the body's created to heal itself. It does the right thing at the right time. And that I could get better. Like it was like this weight was lifted off of me. And I decided no one was going to know my health better than me. I drew a line in the sand. I requested all my labs back then. It was very hard. This was 17 years ago. It was very hard. 16 years ago. Uh, it was very hard to like find resources, but I read studies and I listened to other patient experiences and I put this all together. I looked at my labs and all those times that I said, I was struggling, that something was wrong. I was right. They did not do the right labs. I was not on the right medication for me since I didn't have a thyroid. So my hormones were out of whack. And when I started advocating for myself, I fired my doctor. I hired a new one that listened to me my health completely transformed.
0: That's awesome. And that's what you said right there. You took your health into your own hands. Mm -hmm. You fired who wasn't working for you and with you. And then you found somebody who would.
1: Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's so key. Yeah.
1: So then what happened? So at that point, I decided I was going to go to school to be an eye doctor. (laughs) At that point, (laughs) I decided, heck no, I want to change people's lives. Right. And so the biggest thing for me, you know, I talk a lot about firing your doctor and I had someone following me online one time and they're like, well, oh, you know, you don't need to be mean to these doctors and you don't need to be all this stuff. And I'm like, listen, listen, when I fired my doctor, it was out of desperation. It was a, if I don't do this now, if something does not change, right. You have to get to that point. You mm-hmm. have to get to a point that you say to yourself, I'm willing to do whatever I need to do to take back my health. I'm willing to do whatever I need to do to be well. And that was it for me. Like at that point, when I realized this was not the right team to help me in my health journey, I was like, I can't do this. I have, it has to change for me because I can't keep living like this. And so I think that was the biggest takeaway for me. It's the biggest thing I carry with me to this day, um, is that, you have to get to that point where you're willing to do whatever, invest whatever, so that your health can look differently. And I'll, I'll add this as well, you know, even after I ch- transformed my health, even after, you know, I went to school to become a doctor of chiropractic, I still felt like a victim for years. Yeah. I felt frustrated. I mean, I remember my first date with my husband or one of the first dates we were driving in Atlanta and I remember, cause I was so embarrassed. He asked about my scar on my neck and I cried. It was such mm-hmm. an open wound for me to know that I went through all of that with so much fear and hopelessness without any guidance, without any education, without knowing what I knew then. Like I had learned so much about what causes these thyroid growth. I had learned so much about gut health, brain health, hormone health. I, I knew so much and it I was so angry and frustrated that no one had told me that, that no one told my mom that we had no idea that we could have done so much more for our health. And I'll add this, you know, in this final thing, I think I'm adding each thing. That's okay. I remember things, but, you know, in I think it was in 2015, um, Dr. Yuri Nikiforov, I don't want to mess up his name, Dr. Nikiforov um he in 2015 he had advocated with like 10 different experts around the world pathologists radiologists to re to rename a particular type of thyroid cancer um and it was an encapsulated it encapsulated follicular variant papillary carcinoma so if anyone's listening go look at your paperwork see if you've had that or mm-hmm. you've been um you know diagnosed with that but anyways And the whole point was to get rid of the C word, the carcinoma, the cancer, because he was saying that because we give it a cancer, the C word, we are being too aggressive with it. You were, you were safer uh, and you had more risks. You would be safer if you had just left it alone and you would have more risks going after it with aggressive treatment, like surgery and radiation. And that was the cancer I had.
0: So Uh. that's
1: another layer of this whole frustrating journey of being stuck in this medical system as a woman, as a woman of color as well, um, as someone who didn't have a lot of resources in this medical system where no one was really listening to me and I didn't know where to go and then finding out all of this, but but times are different now, right? They are, times are, times are different. Are different. Yes. yes, you have we a have...
0: lot of resources at your mm-hmm. fingertips. You, you've got, you know, Dr. Google where you yes. can find a doctor who can be in your corner, right? So Mm -hmm. 17 years ago, 16 years ago, I mean, the same when I had my cancer diagnosis, Mm -hmm. um, you know, people just thought I was nuts for Mm -hmm. going the path that I went. Like, do you have a death wish kind of thing? Because the C word Mm is so scary Mm -hmm. to our society as a whole. And I was like, Mm -hmm. our body's created to heal, just like you, our body's Mm -hmm. created to heal. So I know there has to be a better way. Right. And so. Thankfully, you know, now you and I are in mm-hmm. this space and people come to us when they have those challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're talking about, so they didn't do the right testing with your thyroid. So mm-hmm. what should they have done? And what do you do when people come to you with all these thyroid
1: yeah. issues? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I do have a free ebook. I, I forgot to mention that. Like, on oh my oh, God, That'll sorry. be in the show notes. We'll put that yeah. in the okay, show there notes you go. Yes. There's free an ebook. ebook. You. Yes. yes. And I want to say that because in the ebook, there's optimal panel. And then there's the thyroid panel. So I want to clarify that because people are like, okay, I want to test my thyroid, but I'm like, "But you got to test some other stuff as well along with it. Right. So I'll just talk about, I'll just touch on the core thyroid blood work. Cause I do think there's other blood work that's really, really beneficial, but the core ones is TSH free T4, free T3, reverse T3 and thyroid antibodies. Right. Mm -hmm. And you have to get all of those tested. And I think it's wild to me that doctors will not test it because insurance doesn't cover it or they feel like that you don't need it. I mean, you are the paying individual, right? You're hiring your team of doctors, nurse practitioners, whatever, who best aligns with you to help you get well. And if they're not listening to you and helping you order the tests that you want to order, there's a problem, but yeah. So TSH, that one is pretty easy. Most doctors do it. It used to be considered the gold standard to some doctors. They say it's the gold standard, but TSH is thyroid stimulating hormone. Mm -hmm. It is a pituitary hormone. So that's something you have to understand. It's a hormone that comes from the pituitary then communicates with the thyroid. So it lets you know with signaling to the brain and how the brain is signaling the thyroid, not what's happening at the thyroid, not what's happening with conversion, not what's happening at a cellular level, right? Right. So you can have a TSH that looks good, quote unquote, but still have problems down the line, right? Yeah. So that's TSH and then free T4, which free is really really important to understand. It's free is what's unbound and available. So there's total T4, but what you want to know is am I using up my free T4? Right? Mm And do I have enough of it? And so your thyroid makes a majority of free T4 and some free T3. But you test free T4 and it gives you an idea of your thyroid output like what is your thyroid producing. Mm -hmm. and that free T4 has to be activated. It has to be converted, right? To its active form. Just so you know, there's doctors that will start testing free T4. And the assumption is, well, I just need to test free T4 because your body knows what to do with it. And your body does know what to do with it. It's intelligent, but you wouldn't believe how many people I'm helping. And I'm like, do you have any gut issues? Like, do you feel acid reflux or loose stools or Bell, or do you feel like you have food sensitivities, rashes, all this, all these symptoms, and they're like, Oh yeah, I know I definitely have gut issues. How well do you think your liver is? Oh, probably not that great. I've taken medications, you know, I've been in a moldy home. i they know they know that their liver and gut is not going to be healthy. That's where you convert most of your thyroid, you know, thyroid hormones, right? Yeah, Yeah. So you're not
0: told that in a normal doctor's office.
1: mm -mm. No, yeah, Yeah, exactly. And that's why that that's why it's important to then test free T3. Yeah. Because Free T4 is looking at how much your thyroid is making. Free T3 is looking at how much has been converted, right? So, majority of it is done in the liver, some in the gut, and even less in a few other places. But, majority of it is going to be liver, then gut. And then that's where you're looking at free T3. Now, another marker, which really doctors and insurance just do not like this marker, I love this marker, is something called reverse T3. I
0: love it so, too. And it's a
1: quick marker. It's so
0: hard to get run. Yeah, so it run for the insurance. Yeah it's, great. yeah.
1: it's a great marker. It's a yeah. great, like, hey, you're under stress. Hey, there's inflammation. Hey, there's something going on here. Going it's on. Yeah. Yeah. And and of yeah. So <laughs> reverse T3. So when free T4 goes to the liver, you're going to make a majority of free T3. And then as a backup reservoir, you're going to make reverse T3. So it's literally they're very similar molecularly, just like some places are changed. The reason why you do that is because in times of stress, if you're really sick, if you're in a famine, if you're really in survival mode, or if your body says, hey, we need to slow down this thyroid production to conserve energy, you're gonna be okay because you have reverse T3 in times of stress, right? Mm-hmm. So that tells you that if you're chronically stressed and you don't know it, guess what's gonna start going up? Your reverse T3. Yeah. And your reverse T3 will compete with free T3. So you can have issues there between reverse T3 and free T3 that you're missing. If you're not testing reverse T3, I think a really big place I'll add this is that a lot of people don't realize they're taking too much thyroid medication. Mm. Their doctors put them on it. Your body's like, this isn't right. And what you'll see is this reverse T3 start going up Mm -hmm. and it, that'll start going up. That'll be your first warning sign before you eventually come crashing down from too much thyroid medication.
0: Yeah. When you say crashing down, down, what does that look like?
1: So when it comes crashing down, so like you'll have hyper symptoms, right? A lot of people, you need to understand that there's hyperthyroidism, which is Graves, which is the overproduction of thyroid hormones at the thyroid, or there's just too much thyroid medication. It is not the same thing. You are not hyperthyroid because you have a doctor that is not keeping a better eye on your thyroid medication, Mm -hmm. right? So I just had that happen recently to someone who doctor kept putting her on higher, higher dosages during pregnancy. And then postpartum, it came crashing and burning anxiety, overwhelm, um, feeling depressed, feeling like sometimes they can, you can feel heart palpitations. You feel like hot, um, Mm -hmm. easily agitated, right? Right. Hyper symptoms because there's too much thyroid medication. So that's, that's a big, Clarification there, um, and then the final two tests are thyroid globulin antibodies and TPO antibodies. Now this one, oh man, it drives me nuts. I'm sure it does you, you too. If you test those antibodies, it drives me nuts because so they're thyroid antibodies, which is an autoimmune disorder, which is can be Hashimoto's or it can be Graves. Hashimoto's is hypothyroid; you don't have enough T4 T3. Um, Graves is hyper. Thyroid, which is too much T4, T3. Mm-hmm. But the problem with this is that doctors um, look at thyroid antibodies as like, okay, we'll test it one time. You have it, okay. Like that's it. Yeah. They don't really. They don't care after to that. test it. Yeah, there's not a drug in the market that's going to specifically bring down thyroid antibodies and help repair the thyroid tissue. There isn't. If you have these thyroid antibodies, if you have this thyroid autoimmune disorder and you get a medication, all the medication is doing is it's pretty much ignoring the fact that your thyroid's getting destroyed, right? It's ignoring the fact that the thyroid isn't working well, and it's giving you the end product, so that yeah. eventually your thyroid just keeps getting worse. Right. Right. And so right. that is wild. The, the other reason why it's wild to me is that I, I, I need people to understand that just because you have thyroid antibodies, You're not like your thyroid isn't in this separate little enclosed section where thyroid antibodies are only going to affect the thyroid and nothing else. Right. If you have a thyroid autoimmune issue, you have an autoimmune issue. You have an immune imbalance, which is head to toe
0: imbalance. Yes. Yes.
1: Head to toe. We know that thyroid antibodies can cross the blood brain barrier. We know that antibodies can affect the gut. We know the antibodies. We know studies have found that if you have like one autoimmune, if you have this one autoimmune disorder, like thyroid autoimmune, you're three times as likely to develop more. We're seeing it in studies where there's these connections with celiac and anemia and all these other autoimmune issues. So if all you're doing is just getting the end product, which is the hormone like Synthroid or armor and not addressing this immune imbalance, it's going to get worse over time because you have an autoimmune disorder. Right. And then okay. it shows up in other
0: areas of your body.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yep. I love it. That is such great information. So people can know, download that free ebook. So you, have yeah, yeah.
1: That thing. And yeah, then that goes test, further. Yeah.
0: So yeah. what other testing do you recommend?
1: So, so in my optimal lab, so I look at, um, vitamin D levels, mm-hmm. looking at optimal vitamin D levels, because we have found there's one study that found that vitamin D deficiency creates. An imbalance in your humoral immunity, which is your TH1, TH2, which is connected with Hashimoto's, right? With thyroid autoimmunity. So having adequate vitamin D levels, looking at iron, not just iron and not just ferritin, but iron panel and ferritin. I have found, and this is can be, I mean, this is a whole nother topic, the connection between like gut issues and thyroid and how the thyroid creates good issues and vice versa. But a lot of people, it's hard to find the right thyroid dose or it's hard to feel well, even if you get your thyroid hormones well, if your iron and ferritin is not well, because that deficiency anemia or suboptimal levels creates the same type of symptoms as hypothyroidism, like that brain fog, those hair changes the fatigue, you can see that if your iron and ferritin is not optimal.
0: And yeah. And some of those aren't checked. You know, people Mm -hmm. think "Oh, my thyroid is still off. My thyroid is still off. And so you're chasing this thyroid, you're running on that hamster Mm -hmm. thyroid wheel. And when there is something definitely systemic going on.
1: Yes, exactly. And that's why it's important looking at CBC, CMP, I look at metabolic numbers. You wouldn't believe how many women have come in, not knowing that they, I, I don't even say pre-diabetic, like they're diabetic. Their A1C is not optimal. They're over a hundred and they had no idea. That's why they feel so swollen. That's why they feel so inflamed. And they write off every bad symptom to the thyroid. And then at that point, I will tell you this, there is a question that people are always shocked when they, when they see me, right. I say, is this, is the thyroid, the primary issue, or is it because of mm-hmm. is your thyroid going haywire because you have a blood sugar imbalance that has been there for who knows how long, who knows how long vitamin D deficiency, gut issues that are bringing down iron and ferritin. The thyroid is always going to, it's always going to be a symptom of a sick body, but is it the thyroid that we need to work on? Or do we need to work on all these other things and that will get your thyroid balanced. So getting like a full panel and and Lori, I'm sure you've seen it. Have you had people bring in blood work where they're like, Oh, I did a my wellness blood work, like their yearly blood work with their doctors. And it's like three things. And I'm like, I think they know you're not dead, but you just want to not die. Or do you want to be optimal, you you know, optimal
0: health? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm like, this doesn't quite cut it. We need a little bit more.
1: Yeah, exactly. We need an extensive list. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. I think ferritin is so key because you can't make proper thyroid hormone if your ferritin's a six. Mm hmm you know, Mm -hmm. same with neurotransmitters. When I'm looking at neurotransmitters, if your ferritin is a 12, well, you can't, you can't make proper neurotransmitters and your thyroid certainly isn't going to work well. And then you can't make proper neurotransmitters. You can't convert, you can't your digestion. I mean, we could go on and on and on. It's just one big hamster wheel that you just Mm -hmm. keep going on. So you have to address everything head to toe. We're definitely top down people and we Mm got to get going there. So, so those are the other, the labs that you were, you look at. And then finish your story because so you had your thyroid out, you're on this hamster wheel. Like, what do I do? Mm-hmm. You started figuring things out. And then what, like, where are you now? Cause you're three, two kids in right? Mm-hmm. So you have two kids. I mean, you probably, people said you may not be able to get pregnant. I don't know what your story yep. is because your endocrine yep. system is so messed up. I mean, yep. where did it go from there? Because there's so many pieces to that story that mm-hmm. where women lose so much hope. Well, mm-hmm. I have my thyroid out, so my hormones are never going to be well. My estrogen, my progesterone are tanked. I can never get pregnant unless we do in yeah. vitro. And then that's mm-hmm. a whole other story. So hormonal wise with the thyroid, what does that look like for you since then?
1: Yeah. Um, so first I'll tell you kind of like, right. What happened with my hormones? And then I'm going to, a yes, really good question that I haven't shared anywhere, even on a podcast that I want to touch on about what it's like living without a thyroid that we don't.
0: Great. I would love really that because t- it, yeah. it's a, it's a real story.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you this. Um, I'm very, 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 very passionate about either helping people heal after thyroidectomy or helping them avoid a thyroidectomy, but, but I will tell you this at the numbers we're seeing. Um, it makes no sense. It's all that, that's a whole nother. I'll touch on that later. But it's an okay. environmental thing, right? Right. We're seeing more and more people with thyroid nodules, right? It's a toxicity thing. Um, it's a nutrient thing, right? But the scary thing is that most people don't realize how likely it is for them to end up in their doctor's office and hear that they have thyroid cancer or hear that they should cut out their thyroid. Mm-hmm. And every single person, I, I will say, ninety nine percent of the people. That have done a consult with me that have had the thyroid removed recently, or were just told they needed the thyroid removed, sat in front of me virtually or in person and were like, I, I had no idea. I had no symptoms. Right. I, I I didn't even know where the thyroid was. So if people <laughs> <laughs> right, right. If you don't realize that if you're not actively where yeah, anyone can get it because we live in a toxic world, male, right. female, there isn't like an avatar for this anymore. Anyone can get it. But so it's important to understand that. So for me, after I had my thyroid removed, because doctors really sell it as a very kind of like you get to live, but what's quality of life after you know losing a vital right. organ? But for me, you're you're completely right. i I was very nervous about what my fertility would look like, um, especially since the thyroid hormones are so delicately like they're connected um, to your sex hormones, right? Mm-hmm. And so for me, I'm going to put this disclaimer out there. I had to heal first from my surgery and my radiation exposure and from the mistreatment of care. And then I had to heal from what originally caused the problem in the first place, Got it. which I did. I had some, I had severe gut issues um, and toxicity, heavy metal toxicity, which I didn't have any mercury in my mouth, but my mercury levels were through the roof. My mom had like seven. And we see connection with that between mom yeah. and kids. So I had to, it takes time, right? To right. heal. And so I think one thing that really worked for me that a lot of women don't understand when it comes to fertility is that you will get pregnant when you are well, right? Yeah. When you are well, a lot of women are not well there's they've struggled with periods or they've been on birth control they struggle depression and anxiety and they don't realize how that's all connected it's not that something is wrong with you is that you have gotten the wrong care you have gotten the wrong information and so for me i had to push off getting pregnant because i said to myself i have to be well i have to look at my hormones and i need to know that my hormones are well that i'm making progesterone right i'm making estrogen and I had to work on that. And it's unheard of. Like when people knew I was waiting to have a baby they there, Oh, you can't, have... no, no, no. It's not that it's that I have to be well, I, I have to be well in order to get pregnant. And, and it, and it worked, right. Cause I had a baby, like I had two babies. I got, I had a baby and then I got pregnant at nine months. Right. So, uh-huh. um, which was kind of planned, but crazy. Cause we didn't think about the long-term, you know, <laughs> of having kids that close. Um, but I think a, a lot of women, their doctors don't prioritize their overall health. Um, and that's what I had to learn for myself. So that's kind of like how my hormone health changed.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a big deal. And I, I want you to, to go back and restate that too, because there are so many women out there who Are struggling with fertility, right? And they're trying, they're going down that fertility path Mm -hmm. when they really need to be heading down the wellness path for their body, because it's going to be so much better for them 10, 20, 30 years down the road. If they get their body well first, then they have their baby, right? So we're pushing, we're we're pushing. And I I can't imagine how hard it is to be waiting to have a baby. So I'm not, I am not, (laughs) Belittling that at all in any way, shape, or form. I have eight years between both between my kids, and at the same time, for the health of yourself long term, and then the health of your child long term, to get your body to a place of wellness Mm -hmm. before you add that human being inside of you, I I think is key. And I I want you just to kind of reiterate that because especially when you have an endocrine um, challenge or you're missing a vital organ, two vital organs really for you, your ball bladder and your thyroid. Mm Like that's such a journey. And it's, it's such an emotional journey at the same time. It's not just physical, it's emotional and it's spiritual
1: really. Yeah, no, it is. And it's really hard. It is really hard having um, to wait (laughs) that it it really does suck whether you're waiting on purpose or whether it's happening not on purpose. Um, That really sucks. But Whew, you might open a whole door here because this is something that I am very passionate about. Um, there's gender bias in medicine. We know it in studies. Right. We know yeah. that if you're a woman having menstrual pain, you are more likely to leave with a prescription for antidepressant or anxiety medication over a male that comes in and says he has pain in his back. Cause obviously it can't be that bad. I think going back to what I said about your ability to be well, we as women are not taught how incredible our our bodies are and how our sex hormones, which is deeply connected to our adrenals and it's deeply connected to our thyroid and it's deeply connected to our brain and then our gut. Right. But like the brain, sex hormones, adrenal and thyroid hormones, it's this deep connection where they're going to influence each other, but we're not really taught how to listen to our bodies. And we're not taught the only time I remember in school, my, <laughs> this is how I got exposed to it. Cause I'm going to share a sure book that I absolutely love. I'm um, in school. My, I had, I had to take obstetrics. Like that was a class O B G Y N, we'd sure. And um, we, he was raffling off like this book and it was a thick book. And he was talking about this woman and how incredible she was. And this guy won it. And I was like, what? And so. After class, I went to his office and I was like, hey, I was really interested in the book. He's like, oh, here, have a copy. And it was called Taking Charge of Your Fertility. Hmm. And if you do not have that book, everyone needs to get that book. She's the grandmother of all the women that teach now on, on, they all know her, right? Tony, we'll put that in the show
0: notes too. Yes. Yes. Taking Charge of Fertility. Got
1: it. Yeah. And it was the first time where I was like, wait a minute, hold up your period. Let me go ahead and say this, your menstrual cycle, which is day one bleed to day one bleed has everything to do with who you are as a person not as a woman as a human being how you view the world do you feel emotionally stable your ability to go after goals your ability to feel good in your body in your life your ability to put on muscle your ability to fight alzheimer's and dementia to fight heart disease it's all associated with your sex hormones but what are we taught about sex hormones it's periods and ew, gross, or if you're having bad periods, too bad, or get on birth control Yeah, and fertility. And that's it. Like that's, try not to get pregnant. If you don't want to get pregnant, if you do want to get pregnant, this is how you get pregnant, right? That's all we're taught. We're never taught that in the first part of our menstrual cycle, we are more driven. We should have more testosterone, a higher sex drive. We can have more clarity, right? That a period should be uneventful. Right. Women that come to see me, they're like, do you mean uneventful no I'm saying uneventful literally like you get your period and it's like oh I have my period no big deal mm-hmm. no big deal not yeah. that's we have normalized abnormal things for women and we've written it off as being a woman right right and so we have women that struggle and then like we're talking about the brain you know you have to ovulate but all, I have women in their 60s I have had no idea that ovulation yes release the egg yes make progesterone to sustain pregnancy but progesterone works on GABA receptors in the brain, Mm -hmm. your calmness, your ability to fall asleep at night and to feel stable. How many women have you worked with that are anxious or depressed or get headaches or get agitated and they feel horrible. They beat themselves up because they yell at their husbands or they yell at their kids and they don't understand why they're doing what they're doing. Right. And it's affecting their brain. Yeah, no woman wakes up and home. says, I want
0: to be this way in the world. Yeah. So it shouldn't be normalized because that's not normally who we are. That's not yes. who we're created to be. That's not the way our body is supposed to function.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And so for me, when I found that out, I was like, okay, well, that would make sense. Why, like, first of all, my thyroid affects every single cell in the body. I lost my period because my thyroid hormones were low. But then I was like, I need to be optimal, though. I need to, because I used to get. Horrible cramping mm-hmm. and pain. I used to take, I remember thinking one time in college, like I'm taking like eight mitle. Is this safe? Like, I was like, yeah, oh, I don't care. I used I have to take to... hydrocodone my period Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. yeah. How insane is it? Oh yeah. just I know. That's and, yeah, serious. that's just how it is that,
0: you know, my mom was that way, blah, blah, blah. The whole family was that way. Mm-hmm. So we just take hydrocodone when we have our period
1: for the first two days. Great oh idea. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. Yeah. And so this idea that like we only... Have these serious conversations about our menstrual cycles, which again, it's not just bleeding; it's it's a whole month, like it's a whole yeah. like twenty five days, twenty eight days, thirty days, depending on how long your cycle is, um, and that we only think about it when we need to get pregnant. And what most women don't understand either, like I, there's all this struggle with like you know infertility now, um, and I mm-hmm. and I have so many stories talking even recently at two women that gave birth that had multiple miscarriages because their progesterone was low. I had to tell them, talk to the doctor a certain way. Their doctor was like, uh, I guess, sir. And then they just had two babies, like these two different women. Um, but you know, going back to like all of that with the hormones and th- the thing that most women don't understand is that. So let's say you do get IVF. Let's say you do end up getting pregnant. You've got to take into consideration, uh, you know, Kelly Kennedy yes, lymphatic, so. she, yes. she sat down and she talked to me and she goes, listen, kids are parasites. They're parasites. They're going to suck you dry. That's what they are. And most women don't understand that. Like when you're growing that baby, that baby's going to get the nutrients Mm -hmm. at the cost of who? You. You, they're going to get those minerals. They're going to get those vitamins. They're going to get those nutrients. They're pulling it from you. And then you give birth, which is like transformative. You lose this organ, which is a placenta, and now you're nutrient depleted. Now you probably have some iron. And then sometimes, you know, that's when that thyroid issue comes to the surface and gets worse. And, and then we have these women that are depleted during motherhood and they have no idea why Right, the same issues that you had before. So it's looking at the body as a whole, looking at what your sex hormones are telling you, looking at what your thyroid levels are telling you and working with that. And that taking charge of your fertility. Another amazing thing about that book is that it teaches you fertility signs, so you know where you're at in your cycle. Mm-hmm. Like you can know if you've ovulated. If if you haven't, it'll let you know. Um, for me, like for me, that's why I said people are like, "Oh, where's it planned?" I'm like, "Listen, I cannot not plan a pregnancy. I know my body. I've been doing it right. for ten years now. Like I know my body. I know when I ovulate. Like I know, right? Right. But it took time to work on balancing those hormones. Right.
0: Right. And and fertility is so much more than just mm-hmm. your hormones too. It, it's a, it's a state of being of who you are. Yes. Yeah. So yes, when, when we, when we compartmentalize fertility just to, can I get pregnant or not? It's, ser- it's such an injustice to us as women as a whole, you know, I mean, woman womenhood is under attack right now anyway. And so yeah. we've had this, you know, we just get so compartmentalized and it just frustrates me so much. So I love the fact that we're having this conversation and, yeah. um, Thank you for exposing all of this.
1: Yeah, I just get, I just get, I get frustrated. Like I, just in the last couple of months, women that have had these multiple. I'll give you, I'll give you one example. Like there's a woman in my office. Uh, I'm about to try to do an interview with her, but, anyways, like she, her adrenals were a mess. She was just depleted, right? And by the time she came to see me, she had had two miscarriages, but. Um, Anyways, this last one, I I don't treat, I don't prescribe. I'm not an OBGYN. I usually try to refer out to people that are like minded. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was seeing an OBGYN where I presented her with a study that says that women that have had multiple miscarriages, I can give you the link. You can put it in the notes.
0: Perfect. I would love that. Um,
1: yes. If they've had multiple miscarriages, at what levels they should maintain their progesterone. They are not like women that have had zero miscarriages, their progesterone right. should be at higher levels. And this doctor was like, no. And I was like, what? Uh, I mean, the study's here, and you've had multiple miscarriages, and no one's really giving you any guidance. Anyways, she um, tried to go out of cream. Anyways, had a miscarriage. And so I, I had to sit her down. She got pregnant again after that. And I had to sit her down, had to have a come to Jesus moment like, you are in charge. Mm-hmm. You have this study. I did Dutch tests on her. I saw progesterone levels were not good. I saw that her adrenals were not good. And you know what she did? She said, okay, I'm done fired that OBGYN, and went to another one. She came with studies. She came with like notes that I gave her. Uh-huh. Um and the, and the doctor was like, well, I don't know if this is actually, I don't think it would actually help, but we can do it. And not only did she do it, but increased it and kept an eye on her. She took all the supplements to help with adrenals and had a beautiful baby girl. But the oh, thing is, God, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's incredible. But the thing is, y- you are like <laughs> you are it, right? You know your body. And that's the most important thing I tell women, like you are the expert. I can have all the studies. I can have all the clinical experience, but like you live in your body, you know, if something's off, you know, if you're depleted, you know that something's not right. You have to trust that. And um, I'll say one more thing. There's um, uh, I just had a Dr. Uh, Boots Taylor. He's out of Atlanta. He is a fetal medicine doctor. Um, who practiced for decades, and they came after him, attacking him um, because he spent he's he's a military guy, black guy, bald head, like he looks like he yeah. could be, you know, but oh my gosh, the way he advocates for mother centered care, mm-hmm. but he uh, and he has a whole program to like help women find their voice in a doctor's office, and I was in a I was in a talk with him, and he talked about how like women he would see women have all these questions and all these things they want to discuss with their doctor. And then they go in and then they kind of like, don't, right? Like their doctor says, no, you don't need that. No. da da, da, da. And then they leave there kind of deflated. Like, well, I want, I came here for this and now I left not with this. And he was talking about how you've got to find your voice and you got to go in there. And if someone's not going to respect you or have a conversation with you and look into things with you, then you need to find someone who Who does. And I'm like, and this is coming from a doctor that has lived it right. That's done hospitals and all these things. And you just got to trust. You don't have to be the the smartest person in the room. You don't need all these degrees because you are it. You live in your body and you deserve to be well. Right. You have
0: your own degree about your own body.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah.
0: Yes. Uh, This is so, so good, Rebecca. So good. What else do you want to share with our listeners
1: today? Well, yeah, the one thing, I, yeah. So you had asked, like, how is it now? Like, it's yeah, been seven years. Yeah, um, I'm gonna be real. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> There's not a day um, in my life where I don't think to myself or say to my husband, "I wish I had a thyroid." Mm. Um, and this might not be for everyone. You might have a listener that's like, "I'm so happy I took out my thyroid." Most of the time, I find that those people are usually just a couple of years out from their surgery, but um, I hate it, but I will say this, Dr. Pompa, like our mentor, you know, like Dr. Yeah, Pompa, our is like, Dr. Pompa. Yes. Yes. Pain to purpose, right? Like yep. being able to use this pain. Cause mm-hmm. I, I feel so sad that no one talked to that 19 year old right. mother or that 16 year old mother. And that's why I do what I do. And so this is, these are some of the things that you don't take into consideration because this is the thing, like the same things happening with hysterectomies, right? Mm-hmm. Um I, actually I don't know if they do this with men, but you know, like hysterectomy, they're like, oh yeah, you don't need to they just cut it out. But they don't there's no long-term studies on the effects of quality of life, not yes. just death, quality of life um for the people that have these surgeries, for the you know, women that have mm-hmm. these surgeries. And for me, there is no there is no blueprint for living without a thyroid as a woman 17 years post-thyroidectomy. Like I am it, like. You know, and it's not easy. I, every few years through hormesis, I'm sure you'll touch on that or talk about that at some point through, you know, the hormetic curve, this idea that your body, you can introduce a stressor to the body, which has a benefits until it doesn't until Mm -hmm. it can weaken the system. And then you have to diversify. Right. And it was when I learned about that, that I was like, Oh, that's, what's been happening to me every couple of years. I can be on the best medication dose. I can be on the right amount. But it stops working. Sure. It just doesn't. And then it's, I start all over, right? Mm-hmm. I go hypothyroid and then I have to redose. And redosing takes time. You get you can yeah. only get blood work done every six weeks, right? To find out your baseline. Um, so it's not easy. Um, and I always have to pay attention to it. Obviously, I'm a pharmaceutical patient for the rest of my life. I my husband, who's also a doctor, <laughs> is not allowed to go with me to uh the pharmacy anymore. You wouldn't believe how many arguments we've had because like they'll change my medication, right? Uh-huh. I'm a doctor. I know that if I feel good on this, I need to stay on this. And I'm going right. to say that, or, you know, so it's it's a struggle, but I truly believe that I, I hope my story helps either someone pause a moment before jumping in under a knife or taking something severe and understand that you should not make, this is a big thing. You should not make decisions out of fear, right? You should not make decisions for your health care under hopelessness or fear you should not there's no way to be rational when you're in a sympathetic state mentally there's you're not rational right so right maybe that you know my story can help someone say okay wait a minute let me let me slow down and maybe there's some other options right yep. um and for those i always tell the people i coach that have their thyroid i'm like listen the cool thing is um that you'll get to be better than me when it comes to your health, because I always have a missing organ, right? Right. Right. So the idea is that no matter how bad it gets, right. No matter how mm-hmm. bad it gets, there's always hope because the miracle isn't when you got get well, right. Mm-hmm. The miracle wasn't when you got well, the miracle right. was the day you were created amen. the day you were created in the womb When you were given all of that potential to heal, that stayed with you, mm-hmm. that you, was the that was taken away from you because we're taught that our bodies are these broken down machines right we need all this outside help even if you were told different messaging even if you were lied to the it was still there and so the miracle is just reconnecting with that understanding what stressors are blocking that removing yeah. that stressors those stressors and allowing your body to heal and the last thing is this it is a process right Lori? Yes. it's a Not process a fast not a fast one. I just got a question today. Hey, how do I get my thyroid levels? My assistant told me like someone had a question, how do to get my thyroid levels optimal. I'm like, I mean, that's a loaded question. Are you toxic? Is it mold? Is it this? And then once you get those levels, like it's a process. So if we can reframe our thinking of what is health, health is not this place, a destination, right? Health right. is that I hope everyone understands health is that 10 years from now, you're better than when you were today. Yeah. meaning as you age, you yeah. actually feel better, feel better, function better, right? Yeah. It's not just coming off of medication because once you come off medication, you still are living in a very stressful, toxic world. It's yeah. how do I keep getting better? And yeah. I go against the status quo when it comes to health in America.
0: Yeah. And I will say, I feel way better than I did 10 years mm-hmm.
1: ago. Me One too. Ago. Yeah. 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 It's Me great. The, again, the
0: better I feel and mm-hmm. I I'm so excited. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Wow, this has been an incredible, incredible interview chat. I, this has been amazing. We're gonna have to do this again, Rebecca.
1: Yes, absolutely. Just let yeah. me know.
0: Cause I, I love how you, we started with thyroid and then we ended yeah. with, you know, who you're created to be and, yeah. you know, the emotional components and just fertility. Yeah. And and yeah. It is such an important conversation and there's mm-hmm. so many more components to it. Cause, you know, we're both advocates for women and that's, mm-hmm. our, you know, mainly people who come to us. Mm -hmm. and So I I really do feel we get mistreated in the traditional medical system and, you know, not a lot of fault to a lot of those doctors. They just, that's the way they're trained. That's what they know. And that's why we have to take, you know, matters Mm -hmm. into our own hands and say, no, I, I deserve better. I know my body can Mm -hmm. do better. And then, then we work on those things. So thank you so much for sharing your story and just giving so much hope. And that's what this is all about is just giving hope and tools and resources to, to empower those who are listening to us. So thank you very much. And we will see you on the next episode. Wasn't that interview absolutely amazing? I hope it brought you as much hope, health and healing as it did me. Thank you for listening and make sure you like and subscribe if you enjoyed that interview, because there are more to come. And if you also like what you heard and you would like to work with me, check out the link down below. And also, I created a course just for practitioners on amino acid therapy how to balance your brain so that you can thrive and get the most out of life with yourself and your clients. So if you're interested in that, make sure you check out that link below as well because the course is now open. So make sure you like it, subscribe. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode.